the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, truth opens up your eyes. Mercy is waiting for you with every sunrise. Which path will you live on? God's path, doing things God's way and pursuing Him? Or you want to live life your way and do things your way? You're free to do it. And it's a tragic and often miserable ultimate experience. God says at the end of the day, the wicked will perish. I want you to think of the word perish like we would when we say perishable food. Some food is perishable because if it is in the right environment or the wrong environment in that sense, it will ultimately decay and it will spoil. That's the way it is with us. Left to ourselves, given the right condition, we will all spoil. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Psalms. As Pastor Gary continues his teaching series through the book of Psalms, he'll be explaining how there is a drastic contrast between those who choose the path of righteousness and those who walk according to their flesh. When you and I choose to obey the lusts of our flesh, Instead of obeying God's commands, we are in essence believing that sin can provide a more satisfying life than God. When we receive Jesus as our Savior, the Holy Spirit begins to transform us into the image of Jesus. We should no longer live according to the flesh. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in Psalms chapter 1 for today's message titled, God's Recipe for a Blessing. Why do I want to be influenced by something or someone? that doesn't have the wisdom from above and the perspective of the Bible in order to frame the, content, the context of life. Why would I want to subject myself to something that is inferior to what is superior? Not in a pious way, just in a real way. The wisdom of heaven is infinitely superior to the wisdom of this world. We get that, right? And so between God and the Bible and godly people and the Holy Spirit... I want to seek the wisdom from above. I don't want the advice of people who themselves are often miserable on their own path. I want to hear from heaven. I want to know what God says. So I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek godly counsel from people who know the Lord and have that perspective in life. We are not to walk in the counsel of the wicked. Psalm 16 verse 7 says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. That's Psalm 16, 7. You hear what the psalmist is saying there? Even at night, my heart instructs me. It's speaking about even when you're sleeping, God is going to minister his wisdom and counsel to you. 
In Psalm 119, 24, it says, your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. It's the word of God. Gives us counsel. Jesus said in John 14, 16, he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is referred to as our counselor. So we need to seek the wisdom from above. We don't lack for God's counsel. We simply lack for seeking it. So the question becomes, ask yourself, who have I allowed to influence me? Who do I make my counselors? Well, the other part of verse 1 there says that a blessed life also does not stand in the way of sinners. The word way in Hebrew also translates path. It is saying to us that there is a path, a direction, a road that sinners are on. That people who don't know God, don't pursue God, don't have a relationship with them. They're on a certain path. It's often a path that is based on self. It's a path based on pleasure. It's a path based on ambition. Nothing wrong with ambition in the right context. But a sinner's life has a certain perspective. And what God is saying here is, don't get up on that path. Avoid the path of the sinner. Now again, it isn't to isolate ourselves. Okay? We, we, we are not to become isolated. We are to infiltrate the world. We are to um, be an example to the world. All right? So we are not to become exclusive and like, oh, I can never hang around sinners. That's not what the text is telling us. Meet the sinner on the path. Witness to the sinner on the path. Don't ju- just simply don't run with a sinner in the circles they run with. There's a big difference. Who is influencing whom? And the caution here is if you want to live a blessed life, You should never be afraid to be on the road less traveled. There is a popular path that a lot of people are on who don't know the Lord and don't care to know the Lord. But if you want a blessed life, and if you want to live for the glory of God, take the road less traveled. Because on the road less traveled, there is blessing, happiness, contentment, and ultimately eternal life. Jesus even said in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Wide is the gate. And broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate. And narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. And so the the righteous can have confidence in Psalm 1611, which says, You have made known to me, you, Lord, have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Okay, so that's what God says to us. I'll make known to you the path of life. You don't have to join other people in the path. You can understand God's plan and his path for you and walk on that path. Don't walk in the path or stand in the path of sinners. Now, a big thing that's going to influence which path you are on is what kind of friends do you choose? Who will be the people that you hang with? Who will be your companions, your friends, your associates? You better choose your friends wisely. Now, you would expect me to say such a thing, wouldn't you? I mean, that's a pastoral thing to say. Choose your friends wisely, you know. But the reality is, I can't tell you the number of people that I've talked to in the course of my ministry over now almost 30 years. I can't tell you how many people I've spoken to who have done regrettable things, made regrettable choices, all because they got hooked up with the wrong person that they wish they had never met. 
our jails and our JD Hall are filled with people who got tangled up with the wrong people and now they're paying the price. Be wise and discerning about your friends, your associates, your companions, because in large part, they will have a great determination as to where you end up going in the course of life. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, again, I, I get it. We can't cut ourselves off from the very people who need Christ. But neither can we jeopardize our future or forfeit our blessing because we are unwilling to take the road less traveled. Meet that sinner on the road. Just don't run in the circles that they run in. We need to be salt and light in our world. But we can't allow the sinner to influence the righteous. We have to have the righteous influencing the sinners. Ask yourself, who do I make my friends and companions? Here's the third thing in verse 1 that it tells us. A blessed life does not sit in the seat of mockers. Now I want you to notice again the progression of this verse. It says don't walk, don't stand, don't sit. It's talking about a progression. That's the way we get into trouble. Is when we don't realize that things usually happen in a progressive way. Remember the story of Lot in the book of Genesis? The story of Lot was a righteous man. He was a righteous man, had a wife and a few daughters, okay? But he ends up in a confused situation where this righteous man is living in one of the most wicked cities. But it didn't start out that way. It tells us in Genesis that when his uncle Abraham first gave him the choice of whatever area he wanted to live in, Lot chose the plain of Sodom, near the city of Sodom. And the Bible says that he pitched his tents right outside Sodom, just in the, in, the, in the plain of Sodom. But then you read further in Genesis, and it says no longer was he living in the plain of Sodom. Now it says he's living in Sodom. All of a sudden, he decided we don't need the tent anymore. We're just going to live in a house inside Sodom. And then further in the book of Genesis, it says, and then he was sitting in the seat of the elders inside the city gate of Sodom. He had actually become a councilman. He had actually become someone who was a part of the leadership of the town of Sodom. Now, how does this happen that you end up then living in this town of wickedness? Because that's where God finds him when God delivers him by sending an angel. Says, you need to get out of this wicked city. I'm going to destroy it. It's because he went from being near Sodom to being in Sodom to now being comfortable in Sodom as a leader in the city. And God was faithful and rescued him and pulled him out. But let me tell you, this is exactly what happens to all of us. If we're not careful, we start out just near and then in. And before you know it, we're extra comfortable living in a world where there's a bunch of mockers. Don't ever get comfortable there. The idea of sitting in the seat of mockers means, to sit means you're comfortable. You're just kind of, ah, you know, you're comfortable. Everybody comfortable this morning? You're comfortable because you're sitting. And it's this picture of don't get comfortable living with mockers, those who would make fun of, slander God and Christians. Those are the mockers in our world today. Don't get comfortable with them. Now, some of you would say, well, that's kind of impossible, Pastor G, because I work with a bunch of mockers. They're, they're mocking Christianity and God all the time. I can't escape it. And I understand that. In some ways, we can't escape the mocking world in which we live these days. People making fun of God, making fun of Jesus, making fun of you because you're a Christian. It's going to happen. We understand that. But if they start mocking, either leave the room or defend the honor of God. 
Because you wouldn't tolerate that if somebody were mocking a family member or a loved one. Let's say, let's say you're at a dinner party. And, and the people in the dinner party start making fun of your wife or your husband or your kids or a loved one. Would you just sit there and tolerate it? Would you laugh and giggle with them? Of course not. You'd either leave or you would defend the honor of your loved one. So do that with the Lord. It's not that God needs us to defend him, but we need to do that as a part of our love for the Lord to not let people get by with it, but to just gently and kindly say, hey, I don't appreciate you talking that way about about the Lord. I'm a Christian and let them mock on, but at least either leave the room or defend the honor of God. Don't get comfortable in the seat of mockers or a King James Bible says the scornful. Those who scorn at God and Christians and Christianity and the Bible and all that kind of stuff. Ask yourself, am I comfortable in environments where God is mocked? And then ask yourself this as well. Do I make a mockery of God? Because let me tell you how we can also be comfortable in the seat of mockers. When we as Christians are living a life that is inconsistent with our faith, In other words, when we're being hypocritical because we're living a life that is not consistent with what we believe, we are making a mockery of God. And a lost and dying world is watching us. So ask yourself, am I comfortable when people make fun of and mock God, and do I myself contribute to making a mockery of God? All right, now in verse verse 1 there, there were three don'ts. And now also in verse 2, we come to point number 4, which is a do. This is something now we are supposed to do. We move from the negative to the positive. And he tells us here in chapter 1, verse 2, a blessed life delights and meditates on God's word, which is, of course, the Bible. Again, verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Circle the words in your Bible, delights and meditates. Delights and meditates. They go hand in hand. You will not meditate on something that you do not enjoy. If you don't delight in it, you're not going to think about it. You're not going to meditate on it, right? Okay, I, I enjoy football. I, you know, I love the game. So once, you know, every once in a while, I'm thinking about it. I'm meditating on it, okay? And you meditate on those things you like. I meditate on my wife through the day because I love her. I, I meditate once in a while on food because I like a good steak, Okay? I do not meditate on ballet, for example. Don't really like the dance. That's just me. Don't want to offend all the ballerinas in the house. That's just me. Okay? I don't really meditate on country music. That's just me. I don't really care about your dirty laundry, Carrie Underwood. Okay? I don't care that blue ain't your color, Keith Urban. Why? Because I'm a better man, little big town. And the only reason I knew all that is because I looked it up. Don't think I walk around knowing all that stuff. I don't meditate on it because I don't really, you know, I don't delight in it. That's just me, okay? You will not meditate on the Word of God unless you first delight in it. And you will not delight in the Word of God unless you understand that it is God's revelation for you. That it is God's love letter for you. That God is expressing Himself, His love for you. The way that He is our provider, our healer our comforter, our savior, and so many other things. And I would submit to you that you will find great delight in the word of God when you fall in love with the author. When you start to have a relationship with Jesus and you fall in love with him and realize how much he loves you, you will delight in the word of God and then you will meditate on it. 
you will get it into your heart and into your soul. Because a blessed man or a blessed woman day and night meditates on the word of God. Now, what does that mean, day and night? If you were to meditate day and night, you wouldn't get anything else done. What it means is that the man or the woman of God who wants to be blessed makes the scriptures a part of their lives habitually. You become someone who by habit loves the word, gets into the Bible, reads it, and you will you will begin to see the world in a whole new perspective and you will begin to see your life and you will begin to see the Lord and all new things will be open to you because of the revelation of God through his love letter, the Bible. Now, here's something interesting also about the word meditate. The word meditate in the Hebrew can also mean to ruminate. To ruminate. You know how some animals like cows and sheep and deer they chew their cud. They ruminate. They have extra stomachs, right? And so they eat in the morning, and then they kind of spit it up in the afternoon. They chew on it again. I, I think that would actually be a wonderful thing. Don't you think that would be wonderful? You know, after a whole just, you know, box of Krispy Kreme donuts, I'd love to chew on that again in the afternoon. Oh, that is, oh, that's wonderful. Mmm, delicious. Okay, now some of you won't. But here's the thing. This is the way the Bible should be in our lives, where we get it into our hearts in the morning, and then in the afternoon, we're still feeding on it because we recall it to our memory. Psalm 145, 13 says, the Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. That would be great in the middle of the day when you're going through a hard time. Just, oh, okay, that's right. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he's made. Okay, we need to get in that practice of getting God's word into our heart and then ruminate on it, kind of chew on it the rest of the day and let it do its wonderful work in our hearts and in our lives. Some of you are night owls. I'm kind of a night owl, all right? Some of you are early birds. I'm kind of that too. I'm kind of, I have a weird kind of a sleeping pattern. I only need about five hours of sleep a night. I like to stay up late and I get up early often. But I find that the best time for me to read the Bible is in the morning, not at night, because I, I will just you know, start to nod off when I'm reading it. If some of you are night owls and you can read it at night, great. Others of you get up early, read it then. But what I have found is that the earlier I get it into my heart, the more it actually is able to ruminate through the day. And I'm able to meditate on it through the day. But wherever you're able to find time, make it a habit. Because a blessed life is one who delights and meditates on God's word. And God says here, if you do all this, if you don't walk in the counsel of the wicked, if you don't stand in the way of sinners, if you don't sit in the seat of mockers, but if you delight and meditate on my word, he says, then I'll, I'll make you like this. I'll make you like this. It's verse 3. Look in your Bibles. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. God says, if you do life my way, if you walk on my path, if you seek after me and pursue me and delight and meditate on my word, I'm going to plant you like a tree by streams of water yielding your fruit in season and your leaf does not wither when things get bad your leaf does not wither whatever you do will prosper 
God says here, if we apply these principles to our lives, he says, I will make your life flourish. I will make your life fruitful. I will make your life resilient. And I will make your life prosperous. Now, just a word on that last point, because unfortunately some modern TV evangelists have twisted the word prosperity and made it into something now where supposedly every Christian is supposed to be wealthy. That's just nonsense. Okay, that can be a way that God blesses you materially to make you wealthy, no question about it. And he blesses us financially so that we can be a blessing. That's the real reason. Not to hoard it, but to be a blessing. But the Hebrew word here for prosper is salak. And salak translates to have a successful venture as opposed to failure. In other words, the word prosper means that God is going to help you to do well in life. That's what it means. We do life God's way, his prescription, live life according to what he says and how he says to do it. Not, not walking in the counsel of the wicked or standing in the way of sinners or sitting in the seat of mockers, but delighting and meditating on his word. God says, I'm going to make you flourish. I'm going to make you fruitful. I'm going to make you resilient. And I'm going to make your life so that it goes well with you. Doesn't mean you're never going to have troubles. Doesn't mean you're never going to have a hard day. It just means that God's favor is going to be with you. But then he adds here in this chapter, not so the wicked. You cannot lay claim to these wonderful promises if you're on the wrong path. These don't apply to you. If you want to live your life in rebellion to God and you decide you know best and you just want to live your life however you jolly well want, you're free to do so. But do not think that you will experience the happiness and contentment that comes only through a personal relationship with Jesus, ultimately, and only through a personal relationship with Jesus. You can experience a lot of things in life, but at the end of the day, God says the wicked will perish. That's the last word that is used here in this chapter. The wicked will perish. The wicked will be done away with like chaff. Chaff is the part of the wheat that has no purpose. They will be discarded. It is a choice. The choice is which path will you live on? God's path, doing things God's way and pursuing him, or you want to live life your way and do things your way. You're free to do it. And it's a tragic and often miserable ultimate experience. And God says at the end of the day, the wicked will perish. I want you to think of the word perish like we would when we say perishable food. Some food is perishable because if it is in the right environment or the wrong environment in that sense, it will ultimately decay and it will spoil. That's the way it is with us. Left to ourselves, given the right condition, we will all spoil. We will all perish. But now listen to me, because if you're on one of those paths where you realize, yeah, I'm not on the path with God. I'm on a path that's not a good path. Listen to me. Here's the beautiful news. To go from the ranks of the perishing to the ranks of the living can happen in an instant. In fact, there's a wonderful verse that most of you know, John 3.16, which actually reverses the whole perishing concept. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believes in him shall not, what? Perish, but have everlasting life. God says no one, no one has to perish. You can be on the right path. You can make a decision to trust Christ as your Savior and to live for his glory that you might experience the blessings of God and be like a tree planted by streams of, of water who's fruitful in season, whose leaves never wither, 
was prosperous, that life would go well for you. The choice is yours. We're so glad you joined us for Pastor Gary's message today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching in the book of Psalms and that God is whispering the words of comfort and strength to your heart. If you'd like to learn more about Cornerstone Connection, visit our website at cornerstoneconnection.cc. There you can hear all of Pastor Gary's messages through this book, as well as the entire Bible. Be sure to check out the companion resources while you're there, found under the Teachings tab. These digital study guides are meant to give you even more insight into some of the studies Pastor Gary has done and are available free of charge to you at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about how God is working in your life. Feel free to join the conversation on our Facebook page or check out what's going on at Cornerstone Connection on Twitter or Instagram. We're here to chat with you in person, too. So give us a call at 703-771-1500. Let us know how we can be praying for you. That number again is 703-771-1500. That's all we have time for today. Pastor Gary will have much more to share from his verse-by-verse study through Psalms when you join us again, right here on Cornerstone Connection. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.